Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. G'day, Kate Campbell. Welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Good to be back, Owen, and we're trying something a little bit new today. Yeah, what are we trying? So the plan is that each month we're going to do a semi-deep dive, whatever you can get in 15 to 20 minutes, on a share or an ETF that's suggested by our community or recent news or something that's topical. So we'll, we'll do the research and we'll share something that potentially you haven't heard much about before uh, with you. Yeah. So this month, to give some context to that, we're going to do a semi-deep dive into uh, an ETF which goes by the ticket code CLNE, which is very popular right now because if you know, you can probably imagine that basically equals clean and the full name of the ETF is the Van Eck Clean Energy ETF. And one of the th- ideas that we have, which we're hoping to pull off, would be we present our community, our Facebook community, uh, the Instagram community, uh, everyone that's on our social media with a list of ETFs or shares and you vote at which one we would do a deep dive into that month. So we're going to start by picking our own one, which is the Van Eck Clean Energy ETF. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the, the kind of basics that you would consider before investing in something like this. Um, this is not going to be a full deep dive to Kate, Kate's point. So we'll provide some links in the, the resources which you can then go and investigate yourself. Yeah. And Clean is a fairly new thematic ETF to the Australian scene, but I just wanted to say before we start that it's definitely not an a ETF recommendation from Owen, myself, or the RAS team, and we don't have any past or current recommendations on Clean within our services, and neither of us actually own Clean either. Yes, that's a really good point. So we're going to try and be 100%, 110% transparent with you. So... Yeah, when we talk about this, so please don't get confused about us talking about this and a recommendation from our like RASC ETF service, which is for our members. There may be a chance and probably it's likely that we will come up to an ETF that we've recommended, at which yeah. time we'll let you know if we've recommended it. This is kind of like a look at what's going on, whereas our members get the obviously the the full the full meal. Um, they get served all of our top ETFs. So we'll try and be as transparent as we can. We don't receive anything from any of the ETF issuers, by the way, for talking about these either. So yeah, I guess that's that. If you, uh, one final disclaimer is go and read the PDS. That's the product disclosure statement. I'll be reading some of it today while we talk about it, but go and read it before you invest. Um, I think that's smart. Okay. Kate, you said something which scared the bejesus out of me just a minute ago. You said thematic ETF. What on earth is a thematic ETF? Oh my gosh. So thematic ETF, and we have an episode a few months back. So it's a little bit different to your typical A200 ETF where you're getting the top 200 Australian listed companies. I own A200, by the way. Yep, go on. Sure. But a thematic ETF, you're investing in a specific theme or a niche, maybe robotics or biotechnology, or in this 
in this instance, clean energy. And in that ETF, it's only going to be investing in companies that fall within that little niche. So in this case, the clean ETF gives you access. It's a portfolio of 30 companies, the largest and most liquid companies involved in clean energy production. So thinking solar energy, wind power, hydroelectricity, biofuel, and geothermal energy. So these are companies you won't find in your typical like top A200 ETF. And so they're very, it's quite a niche ETF, but it's if you have a specific view about a particular thing that you want to invest in companies, but you can't pick, you don't want to pick which clean energy company, but you think this is the sector I want to invest in. You can use ETFs like this to build a position. And this ETF is quite new. It only listed in March this year on the Australian exchange. Um, So it hasn't got a huge track record, which is one of the things we often talk about. And as we record today, it has uh, just over $68 million of funds under management. Let's call it 70. Okay. We'll round up. (laughs) Yep. So 70, 70 million. And we're recording this on the 4th of August, just for transparency there. And that is relevant for a few reasons, which we'll get to in a few moments. Kate, can you just answer the question then, I guess, like what is the clean ETF? Like what does it say that it does? Can you explain like what they say on the tin? Yeah. So on the on the tin, the clean ETF, 30 companies, it's tracking the Standard & Poor's S&P Global Clean Energy Select Index. So they probably got this created just for them, which is what a lot of ETF providers do if they've got a really niche thing and no one else is doing it. So this index measures the performance of 30 of the largest and most liquid companies with businesses related to global clean energy production, technology and equipment from both developed and emerging markets. And according to Vanek, which is the ETF provider that runs this ETF, uh, the transition to clean energy and focus on climate change is one of the world's most important global megatrends and presents a long-term growth opportunity, which is something that an ETF provider would say if they're advertising an ETF in that niche. Yeah, that's a good point. Good points all around. So basically, in simple terms, if you think of clean, just think of investing in something that is focused on solar energy, wind power, hydroelectricity, biofuel, and geothermal energy. It all kind of just sounds good. But When we also talk about thematic ETFs, one thing I want everyone to remember is that sometimes what they say and what actually happens is two different things. Mm. So yes, you can have an ETF that invests in great companies. You can go to the issuer's website and you can look at the holdings page and see what's actually in there. But between all of that great marketing and what you actually get in the portfolio and then the returns you get from that portfolio can be totally different things because it depends on how many companies are in there. How long are they owning the companies? What is the tax structure? What's their policy for like selecting different shares and removing shares from the ETF? All these different types of things. So how about management fee, Kate? What what can people expect to pay um, say over a year? Yeah. So on the 4th of August, their management fee is currently 0.65% per year. And I believe looking at their website, they're going to be paying one distribution each year. So that's dividend. Um, but I don't think there has been one yet just because they have not been around for that long. So there might be one later this year. But I think most of the companies, especially looking through the top 10, they weren't Australian companies. So there might not be a huge focus on distribution. So this probably wouldn't be an income focused ETF. It does look like just to to throw one thing at you. It does look like there was one on June thirtieth, which would make sense, but it was oh, very, very, there we go. <laughs> very, very, very small. And I think it would have been just the absolute minimum amount they had to do to make sure that the tax losses and gains in that period were paid. So there was a big 
hoo-ha on Reddit and um, Facebook communities about my ETFs falling so much on June 30th to July 1st. Mm. And that's because ETFs, if you know a managed fund structure, are required to distribute earnings. So whether that's capital gains or income that it was generated throughout the year to the beneficial owners. Yeah. They don't have discretion like some other investment entities. Yeah. So, you know, because you don't actually, with a share, you only incur tax when you get a dividend or when you sell. ETFs are different because they have to, all the gains and losses that are created throughout the year have to be sent to someone because Vanek isn't going to pick up the bill for that. Let me tell you that. So (laughs) that's sent to the end investors. And basically what happens is, just so you know, you get a dividend and that dividend or distribution typically reflects the value of the the fall that that period. Um, so that's typically what happens. But it, it tends to happen in one or two days, which gives people the kind of heebie-jeebies. They don't know what's going on. So thematic ETFs, Kate, if you, let's say for the clean ETF, let's just say you had 100% of your portfolio and you did want to invest in this. We'll get to at the end whether we do or we don't. But at the end you say, okay, I do want to invest in this. It's a thematic ETF. Am I thinking that this should be a big part of the portfolio, like 1%, 5%? Like, should it be smaller, larger? What what kind of, you can kind of- Yeah, generally, I think for thematic ETFs, and if you're sort of ascribing to that core and satellite portfolio philosophy, which is kind of what I do very loosely, where maybe 80 to 90% of my portfolio is very core, stable positions that I'm not making a lot of changes to, um, maybe a bit of Australian, US property, different ETFs there. And then so- this would probably be if I had a position anywhere between probably one to five percent of my overall portfolio, probably closer to one percent because it is it is very niche this ETF. So I probably wouldn't put it more than five percent of my portfolio, and it only has thirty companies in it. So you can look through that. That's probably the one of the good thing that it only has thirty companies because it does. There's enough there that you can have a look through and actually go through each of the companies. Like that wouldn't mm. take you too long compared to something with five to thousand companies in the ETF. And so I would definitely, if this is something that interests me, I would go through, look for at least the top 10 holdings that make up nearly half the the portfolio and say, would these be companies I want to invest in anyway? And that's what I, I did have a look at a couple of them because I did recognize a couple of names and some were just completely new to me. But that's that's probably how I would approach it, being a, a thematic in a very um, particular industry. Yeah. So there's inside the clean ETF, I'm just going to throw some names um, that come from their website. We've got Solar Edge Technologies, Sunrun Inc., Brookfield Renewables, uh, phase Energy, which we'll get to in a minute. There's a few others like First Solar Inc., Plug Power Inc., Meridian Energy, which is from New Zealand for those of you, and Contact is also in the portfolio um, at the date of recording. But the idea is that you can look through the positions. Um, there are some comparable ETFs like the Earth ETF um, that's on the ASX, ERTH, which is probably one to consider. They have exactly the same fees, by the way, but um, they have a totally different portfolio, including the number of shares that are in there. But just circling back to how you would put it in a portfolio, because the ETF is quite small at 70 million, it's got a limited track record and it's kind of niche focused. So you probably want to consider that. I would say personally, this would be a tactical ETF that goes in a small allocation in a portfolio. Even if you're a growth focused investor, for me, it would still be a tactical position simply because it's kind of unproven. It's probably going to be a bit volatile. I was trying to find the rebalancing frequency. I think it's every six months, which could mean that there are kind of like rebalancing kind of volatility as well, as in when it changes the portfolio, the price moves around a bit. 
And all in all, like there are comparable ETFs. I want to make some distinction here. Sally was just talking to us off air about comparing this ETF to an ethical ETF. So in our ethical investing course, we drew the line. There's a distinction. This is an ETF. Clean is an ETF that focuses on sustainability, whereas an ethical ETF is something that maybe aligns with your personal values. So think sustainability, think good for the planet, think ethical, think good for me. And I mean, those two are often intertwined, but that's a way that you can kind of make sure you're comparing apples to apples. In this regard, the clean energy ETF might be something that aligns with your personal values, which is great. Um, but it, if you're going to compare this to say ETHI or uh, FAIR, E200, VSG, any of those ethical ETFs, just be aware that it's probably a different exposure. You might not be comparing, AS, you might be comparing ASX shares to global shares in this case. There's a lot of differences. But even like in a, a basic ethical Australian ETF, you've got some of the major banks in there. You've got yeah. all sorts of you companies. You want to have a look. But this is very niche in a particular industry. Companies doing very specific things. So you've, instead of having some banks, some technologies, some uh, whatever, retail, all the different industries in the um, the clean ETF, it's very specific in companies. And one of the companies, which is one of their second largest positions, Emphase Energy, which is uh, listed on the NASDAQ, it's a, an American energy technology company uh, based in California, and they actually design and manufacture software-driven home energy solutions that yep. go from solar generation, home energy storage, web-based monitoring control. And this company is uh, over $22 billion market cap. Um, it's, it's been around Good for size. over 15 years. It's got 1,500 plus employees. So it's a pretty large company. And so if you want to get an idea of what this ETF does, even look at the top five companies, do a little bit of research so you can understand what this ETF is actually investing in. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. I actually didn't know much about Enphase. Um, there is, so I will just do, just do another distinction. So um, what you're looking at when you look at the portfolio, if you compare the Queen portfolio holdings on the VanEck website versus, say, the BetaShares Earth portfolio on the BetaShares website, you will notice that in the BetaShares fund, there are a lot of names that you'll be familiar with. So things like uh, Zoom, you know, internet communications, Tesla, which does obviously the electric vehicles and the Powerwall. There's another company in here called DocuSign, which does, you know, just digital signatures, so you don't need to print paper. And so w- what you can do to Kate's point is you can just look at the top 10 in the clean ETF and then the top 10 in another ETF. And you can say, you can see normally pretty quickly, oh, these companies, like I wouldn't think of Zoom as like a sustainability focused ETF uh, yeah. investment. But in this case, it might be considered that because it reduces the need for international travel because you can do business meetings um, via Zoom rather than investing, rather than getting on a plane, which we know produces a ton, literally a ton of like uh, greenhouse gases. So and I'm sure FE tracks quite a different index, not the Global Clean Energy Index. And that's it, yeah. So yeah. there's so many differences between the, just the way the portfolios are constructed. You want to compare apples to apples in terms of like, are they international shares? Is that what I'm doing before I add this to my portfolio? Am I happy with all the other ETF stuff like fees, tax, all that stuff that you find out in the PDS? But then also look in the portfolio and determine, oh, well, they, I'm comparing these two ETFs, but they seem to have totally different yeah. companies inside. So which ones are you more comfortable with? That's the way we'd look at it. Kate, so just a quick one. Vanek is a reputable ETF issuer in Australia. They've been going since uh, for a very long time. I think I would say it's over 10 years. They started with gold ETFs. I know that much. I had um, Damon on the show recently for the Investors Podcast and we talked about the Moat ETF, which is one that I own. Um, 
just at the bottom here, what we might leave people with is just some resources to find out more. You can head to the vaneck.com.au website and find out the, uh, you can get a snapshot and a, a fact sheet there. Uh, you can head to our best ETFs website. We'll have um, a free kind of review on this uh, in the next month. But Kate, if I could just say, maybe I could ask a really blunt question. Based on what you know so far, and we've only talked about a little bit, would you consider investing in something like the clean, ET- clean ETF? Yeah, I think after spending a couple of hours having a look, it definitely be something I'd add to my watch list. And if it aligns with my portfolio down the track, it would be something I'd consider having a small, uh, very small tactical position in just because it's quite specific and quite niche. But I'd want to have a greater look at some of these companies. And again, you can, a lot of these companies, especially the ones in the US, you could actually buy these companies individually if that takes your fancy. If you prefer, yeah. So one of the things, that's a good point you can do is you can actually just look at what's inside ETFs to determine if you want to go and buy those shares yourself. So it's kind of a hacks way to get a watch list. I mean, their top 10 make up half the ETF's portfolio. So it's that's always one way to do it. I mean, it might be a bit harder. Some of these are on different indices in different countries, which might be a bit harder to access those exchanges. But uh, definitely the US ones, Like, there's a lot of ways you can easily do that from Australia now. Yeah. One of the things that they do, just so you know, when they get the index of these companies, they actually give um, a score based on the clean energy exposure score. So one being good, uh, 0.5 being uh, significant and zero being no exposure. And the way they say that they select the 30 companies if there are less than 30 companies with a score of one, the largest companies um, with an exposure score of 0.5 are selected until the count reaches 30. So basically what they're doing is they're creating a shortlist of companies that score one, aka good, for, I guess, clean energy ratings. So if you wanted to find a list of companies that might have a good clean energy rating, like companies that are involved in that, you can use an ETF like this, go to the holding yeah. page and find out what's inside it to determine if those companies you want to own individually. Yeah. And even looking through the holdings of Effie, if you're just just giving you an idea of where to start, if you want to invest in individual shares that suit your values, I think that's a, looking just through ETF top 10 holdings is a really great way to start your search and learn more about some of the, the big companies out there. Yeah. I will give one final plug for our ETF service here. If you want to learn more about ETFs and you want to see which ETFs we recommend, you can use the AFP coupon code, literally AFP, when you join our ETF membership. I'm gonna I don't know exactly what it is, but I think with the new price discount that we've dropped that membership service to, you can get lifetime access to our ETF recommendations for $49. Mm. So that's pretty cheap considering it's now lifetime access. So yeah, go check out the show notes. There's heaps more on clean. We'll be back next month with um, an ETF that maybe is of your choosing. So be sure to follow us on social media so you can then tip us in the right direction. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au.